if you ache for truth, goodness, and beauty, if you're hungry for a Christianity with substance and strength, if you long for a faith that's big and bold and biblical and all about Jesus Christ, if you're inspired by the idea of one church that has spanned 20 centuries, 24 time zones, and two hemispheres, enfolding every race, nation, and language, then you're considering Catholicism. Here we are at the uh, One Whirling Adventure secret compound. Mm -hmm. You can Maybe you can hear the wind in the background or birds or... Or other creatures. Woodland creatures. Let's hope that doesn't get out of hand. Sasquatch. Right. My wife is convinced that Sasquatch is somewhere out here. Hmm. Well, maybe we'll get lucky. That's right. We have been talking about seven deadly sins. And last week, or last episode rather, and the first episode, this was like our fourth episode or fifth or whatever, um, we talked about general things, uh, how Protestants and Catholics look at these things. And uh, if you're interested in that sort of general kind of thing, you can run back and, and hear the other ones if, you have, if you're skipping around. Uh, but this week, <clears throat> greed. Greed. We're going to talk about greed. And this feels to me, okay, here's my great big deep thought. It feels to me like being greedy is, at the bottom of it, a lack of trust in God. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if I give away half my lunch right. and then I get hungry later? Right. Right? Okay. We'll get to this on the Gluttony Podcast. And that's a, <laughs> that'll be a big one for me. Um, but I, you know, I struggle with drawing this line, right? I, I think the line has to to do with being willing to go without when the thing you're going without was yours in the first place. Yeah. Uh, may, at least somewhat. Um, I'm, for instance, we were actually just talking about this uh, before we started. I'm greedy with my time. Mm-hmm. I want it all to myself. Right. Okay. You can borrow my car. Right. But don't come to me on my day off and ask me to help you move. Exactly. Okay. I don't want to go. I'm worried that I'm going to go without my lunch. I'm worried that you're not going to bring my car back. I'm worried that God isn't going to provide right. in whatever way. And that seems to me to be part of it. Yeah. And we just, we, as we were getting ready to start, we were kind of batting this around a little bit. And you had some really good things to say. And I'm, I would love to hear them, the thoughts more fully formed and uh, on, on the uh, podcast here. I think, I think if you're a listener, you're going to dig this. All right. Let's talk about greed for a second. And I think one of the things that Ed and I were talking about right before we turned the recorder on, one of the, the thoughts was, I, I think that we imagine greed to be a rich man's sin. So rich people are greedy right. and are consumed with greed. And people who aren't rich aren't greedy because they don't have a lot of stuff. And I, I, I think that that's a misunderstanding of greed. Okay. Right? Yep. I, I think it has to do with your beliefs about your stuff and, right. and yeah. your desires for stuff. So I was saying, you know, it's easy to look at the, the sort of morality plays. You know, you've seen 10,000 movies and 10,000 whatever TV shows or stories or whatever about, you know, the greedy rich guy 
uh, who right. wants more stuff. And the reason he has all this stuff anyway is because he's greedy, right? right. Scrooge. Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge where McDuck. He, where he swims, actually, or he swims in the pool of. I actually edited myself and didn't say Scrooge McDuck because you have to be of a certain age. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and right. Went, and then you went there. I know. Uh, so all we've done is date ourselves to our <laughs> to our listeners. We're 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 like old guys sitting in a pine forest here, opining. Right. Uh, so right, like, but I, I know to be careful when we're talking about you know stereotypes but what i'd said to ed before was yeah it's easy to point at the rich guy with his bentley and his private jet and his right you know right whatever um if we really want to do the old guy thing we'll do uh my name is elmer j or, oh no yeah i was i mean elmer j fudd i millionaire millionaire i own, I own a, a mansion, mansion and, and a, a yacht, yacht. <laughs> so you know what we spent our saturday mornings doing i sent my saturday mornings watching cartoons but, you know, uh, here, I'm going to go here. Um, ever seen the Black Friday videos from Walmart or whatever? On, I, you know, I don't think I have. There's got to be some kind of compilation or something, right? Oh, yeah, you've seen YouTube. these, right? Well, I mean, I've seen people pushing and shoving clips. Oh, my that, gosh, every year, you know, these things where, you know, they they open the doors at Walmart right. or whatever on Black Friday, and people are, like, it's, Thunderdome. It's like it's like a gladiator, right? They're coming in there, they're beating each other. As soon to as death. I get home, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Oh, they go in there, they're beating each other to death, and you know, right. whapping each other and breaking skulls to fight over right. some six dollar discount piece of crap, you know, right. at Walmart right. uh, on Black Friday, and not let that other right person, bad person, bad person, get it right. And you go, well, if that's not greed, I don't know what is right i mean part of it has to do and it goes what you said a minute ago is about trust in god it has to do with how we understand stuff right and what stuff is and what its usefulness and utility in our lives are and our relationship with stuff and our stuff right stuff that we want to be our stuff right now I said in the last episode when we were talking about anger, we talked at length about emotions, right? And that Catholicism always sees things in relationship to their end. Mm -hmm. So we talked about, you know, the table as right. tableness because its end yes. is to do certain things, right? And that emotions, right? So you can be happy. You can be happy about things that are good or you can be happy about things that are twisted and perverse or whatever, and those make you happy. Well, that's not a good happiness. That in a sense, the emotion, I want to say is neutral, but the emotion is a reality. So the thing is, is that I'm not so sure that the emotion of saying, uh, looking at something and saying this thing is desirable right. or useful, in and of itself, that emotion is not a bad thing. So, like, I can look at something, I don't care whether it's a, you know, a, a new shirt that I you know, admire a shirt right. at the store or I admire, a, uh, I can look at some thing like a, you know, piece of, I mean, okay, like, let me say this. When I was younger, yep. I was fascinated by cool cars, yep. sports cars. I never really owned very many expensive cars, but I did have a cool sports car when I was, you know, in my 20s for a couple of years. Um... Uh, that I sold, you know, after a couple of years because I couldn't afford it. 
Right. But, uh, you know, young man, I had a kind of cool car for a couple of years. Uh, but I, I was always just fascinated by them. And, yep. you know, I'd read the the magazines about sure. the latest, greatest thing. And there was a part of it, like I always grew up in a home where, you know, family with engineers and this and that. And it's fascinated by the engineering. And I love to watch the shows. I like to used to watch Top Gear and, you know, you'd see the all the latest, coolest supercars and, you know, whatever, sports cars and all the latest engineering and science, one of them. You know, like I can admire those things, but the the issue is it's one thing to admire them. Go, that's pretty neat. Right. But do I need that? Right. Right? Right. Okay. But here's the problem with greed. It strikes me that it's always easy to identify it in other, easier to identify it in other people than in yourself. That's one of so, my favorite sports. Right. Yeah. So for example, ever since I was, you know, 30 years old, I came to the realization that I'm never going to own another cool sports car. And I do occasionally like to watch, you know, YouTube's sure. you know, videos or whatever about the latest, greatest, uh, yeah. you know, sports cars yeah. or whatever, because I just think that the technology is cool. And right. they're sort of, it's sort of fun to look and see yep. what they've come up with now. But I just, there's nothing, I, if I had the money, I wouldn't buy it, right? right. Okay, so that's me, right? And it's easy for me to go, look how virtuous I am. Like, I'm not greedy at all because I don't right. want a million-dollar right. supercar, you right. know, sports car. Um, but what are the small, what are the other things in my life where those attachments, that desire for stuff, it, it's easy for me to look at the sports car and point to the guys who want the sports car and go, look how greedy they are. Right. They want a million-dollar whatever, uh, Lamborghini or something like that. Or I don't want a million-dollar Lamborghini. Yeah, uh, but there's some stuff that I do want, and I think it goes back to that sense of, of tr what you said, trust with God, wh where it's trusting that God is going to provide for us the things that we need, and not always just the bare minimum. You know, like right. I mean, God doesn't promise us. You know, we ask for food and shelter and clothing, right? right? But trust that God is sometimes generous and gives us more than the bare minimum. And it's not wrong. I think it's a great motivation to to apply oneself and work and try to, you know, provide a nice right. home for your children sure. and, you know, those things. But it really does come down to what you said, trusting God, that we're going to do our work and we're going to, to some degree, trust that God is going to provide the things that we need and the life that he would like us to have. And I think we talked about envy a couple of episodes ago. And this is the hard thing because I can look at other people who have stuff that I wish I had. And I can, again, I can pat myself on the back that, ah, at least I have, an, I don't want a million dollar Aston Martin or something or whatever the latest, greatest right. supercar is. Good for me, you know, because that's an easy thing not to want because I'll never have it anyway. Right. Right. But there's a lot of little things. Right. That I look at where I feel like, wow, I, I really, really would like that thing. And then that's where it trips over a little bit into envy because I look at other people who have that thing. Right. And whether it's a million bucks or a hundred bucks or 10 bucks, the issue is, is my understanding of that and the role right. it plays in my life and to what end my thoughts are directed and to what degree that's moderated by me trusting that God's going to have, 
provide for me. Right. You know, like I, we have this, and I'm sure most of you guys out there are listening do too. You know, we, we can go visit somebody who has a nice home. Right. And, you know, in a nice place and you drive away and go, wow. Right. I kind of wish I had that too. Right. And then you can get into this sad sack thing where you start saying, well, I guess I made all the wrong choices in life because right. I don't have that house, right. that place, right? right? And a part of it is this trusting that I've followed the Lord and trusting that I've done the things that God has put in front of me. Right. And God is going to provide for me as, you know, in a, in a way that's just and right. And he has my best interests at heart. So like you say, to one, to some degree, greed is moderated by trust. We'll get back to the conversation in just a few moments. But first, I'd like to ask for your support in producing and expanding this podcast. It's produced by a 501c3 nonprofit ministry called One Whirling Adventure, with a mission to excite and educate people about historic Catholic Christianity and to equip them to live, share, and defend it in the 21st century. Now, the production budget of this podcast isn't big, but it is real. We've set a goal of 40,000 worldwide downloads in 2023, with a crowdfunding goal of $35,000 to make that happen. Would you help us make that happen? If so, please go to consideringcatholicism.com. You can see our GuideStar charity rating there and donate online with a one-time or recurring gift. And if you have a business or organization interested in sponsoring our ministry, please shoot me an email, greg at consideringcatholicism.com. Thank you for listening and considering helping us to help others consider Catholicism. And now, back to the conversation how you cling to those things and what you're willing to share. I mean, like I said, you know, you talk about, I don't want to share my sandwich. I thought your point a minute ago about not sharing your time is really excellent. Cause I've always been the guy that like, I'm not, I'm totally willing to pick up the check at dinner. Right. And I've been around people. You've been around these people. Like they won't, you know, they'll just kind of stiff you for the check or, you right. Know, right. You know, you got to right. eat with meals. I've always just the way I was, kind of raised in the way kind of my personality works. If we go out, you know, I'm, I'm always, you know, I'm fine. I'll pick up the check. You bought me tacos at lunch today. I bought you tacos at lunch today. But I mean, I, that, that's not a thing for me. Right. Right. But I am very, very like you, um, very protective of my time. Right. And some of my boundaries of right. things that I will and won't do and places and so on. And, and to some degree that becomes greed. I hoard them. Yeah. They're mine. That's my time. That's one thing for me to pick up the check for dinner or to do something this and that. Right. But do not intrude on my, my stuff. And again, I don't have a sports car and I don't necessarily have, you know, right. the, the uh, house on the beach or whatever, or right. the, this or that. And I'm willing to pick up a check, but man, do not ask me to give up my Saturday. Cutting into my time that I, especially if it's time that I'm looking forward to on my own, cutting into that is taking something from me that's very valuable and yeah. that I hold on to very tightly, you know? It's the way I feel, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, like uh, somebody asked me the other day to help with something and it was like going to intrude on 
something that I wanted to do personally, like right. in my time, like kind of hobby time, personal time. And I'm like, God, don't ask me for that. Right. Don't, I mean, I felt myself resenting it. Like that's right. mine. And, you know, this is where, you know, like the Lord of the Rings, like, oh, mine, my right, ring, right, right, you know, right. like the ring, you know, right. it's, mine. it's mine, it's my precious. Right. And you go, I, I'm totally willing to pick up the check. I would be right. willing to give the guy $100 to leave me alone for the Saturday. <laughs> right. Right. Here, go hire a guy. Right. Yeah. But like I had plans for that Saturday and they right. were a little bit self-indulgent. Like I wanted right. to go off and do a kind of, you know, a right. hobby pastime thing. Right. And it was like, no, it's going to be like my fun hobby Saturday morning time. And I really right. don't want to help you. And I'll give you a hundred dollars to leave me alone. But right. whatever you do, don't intrude on. And that's where, what's your precious? You know, like that, that thing with Lord of the Rings with, yeah. the, you know, right? Like, yeah. like that's my precious. And you remember in Lord of the Rings, right? How that consumed Gollum, right? That was the whole point is the ring, the hunger for that, the desire for right. that, the desire to yeah, own yeah, yeah. that, my stuff. That's my thing. No, don't take my thing. That's right. mine. It's my precious. You can't have it. Right. And I think that that's very insightful to say whether that's your time or your wh whatever it is. And and so I think like there's all these characters about, you know, the Scrooge McDuck or the rich right. guy who's a bazillionaire and he's must be greedy. I've known some very wealthy people who it's hard for to believe him, but I just don't think they hold on to it as tightly as some people think they do. I think we know, I think we know some of the same wealthy people living yeah. in a small town here. And my interactions with really wealthy people have always been that they're extremely generous. Yeah, we'll get into generosity, but a little generous. And also not that they just don't seem like they hold it that tight. Look, there's some people who went out and worked no harder than a lot of people who made less money. Right. right? Like making more money is not always a function of how hard you worked. Sometimes right. it is how smart you worked. You mm -hmm. just, person A went into a, you know, started a business where it's just not as lucrative of a business. Person B started right. a business where, and you and I both know some of the same people who started something that seemed like not that fancy thing. They started a small manufacturing right. company or something. Right. And it's just, sales took off. Yeah. And they sold a gazillion copies of it. Right. And, you know, yeah, sure. I mean, it worked out for them. But they're not consumed by that. I know people who you might consider middle class or lower middle class who are just extremely attached to what little right. they have. And it's theirs. Right. And it's really theirs. And so, so I just don't think this is a simple character of rich man greedy, right. poor man not. I think it has to do with your relationship to those things and your sense of how much they control you and dominate you and how, how tightly you hold to them and how much you're willing to trust God about them and to believe that ultimately, you know, ultimately the reason you have them um, is because God has provided. Right. Right. Because yep. you could have just as easily gone out. There's a lot of other people that started businesses and worked really hard. And for whatever reason, their sales didn't take off. Maybe they didn't, their, their product wasn't as good. Maybe they lived in the wrong right. time at the wrong place. Maybe they didn't make as shrewd of, you know, right. decisions along the way or something. But, you know, uh, but, but look, the, the reality is, is that, that, you know, ultimately you are where you are because God has provided. Right. And I know a lot of people who have financial wealth. Right who have a real great perspective on, yep. I went out and did uh, my job and it worked out. 
Right. And if I lost it all tomorrow, I don't want to lose it all tomorrow, uh, but it wouldn't right. destroy me. Right. Uh, yeah. And it wouldn't destroy my faith in God. And I know a lot of people that have very little that are just extremely tight and gripped and controlled by and desiring things, right? Like, are the things that you want million dollar things? But there's, there's like, okay, look at like designer label stuff. Right. Right. Look at the people who are consumed. They have very little money, but they're consumed by owning the designer label sunglasses right. or electronics or phones or sunglasses yep. or whatever. Right. Well, how much time do you spend? How much energy do you spend trying to get any particular thing? And how much energy do you spend trying to hold on to it? It can get, that can get really quickly out of hand. But I mean, look at people who, I mean, I know young people as you do too, who are just absolutely consumed with right. brand, right, having the right brand right. stuff. And, you know, so the dollar scale, right? because they're, you know, scrabbling over a, you know, $100, $200 pair of sunglasses or a whatever. So it's not, no, it's not million dollar sports cars, but man, they're consumed by having these things, these things, even though they don't have a, a lot of other right. stuff, they're consumed with having these things. So again, here's the thing. Greed has to do, I think, less with how many zeros right. are added to your bank account and it has a lot more to do with the role that that plays in your heart and your life and your soul and your relationship with God and other people. You talked last week, uh, last episode about, uh, that I recorded with you anyway, about wrath and how it, pretty soon it runs you. Yeah. And that's what you don't want with greed either, is you don't want it running you. You don't want either your decisions to be driven by the desire to get whatever it is, even if it's not expensive or even if it's, you know. Right. I mean, yeah, exactly. And this is where I think, you know, we talked last time also about how the media you know, with outrage, you know, media, right? Feeding people news or whatever that gets them angry. Uh, but this is where marketers and consumer stuff, right? It just fills people from a very young age. You know, remember like all over the years, there'd be the, like whatever the latest toy craze is. And, you know, um, you know, whether it was the Furbies or the Cabbage Patch dolls many years ago, or then it was like fighting over the latest, you know, Xbox or PS, whatever. Right. And my kid needs this and my kid's going to throw a fit if my kid doesn't have the right. latest, whatever. And again, the dollars are, you know, hundreds of dollars or whatever, not millions of dollars. But again, it is being, it, it begins to consume you having those things yeah. and not being able to imagine life without those things. I've definitely felt that. That's, you know, who hasn't uh, oh. at one point had, you know. Oh, absolutely. You know, and we all have like legitimate desires in life. You know, my, you know, my wife and I, as you know, we, we aspire to, you know, we've lived, lived in the same house for close to 30 years and right. it's close to being paid off. And we uh, aspire to uh, building a house that we want to retire in. And we have right. A lot of dreams of what that's going to look like. And we spend a lot of time looking at, right. you know, houses going, we want to build our, want to sell this one that we've paid off now and build a house to retire in. And we've got a lot of ideas of what we want it to look like. Right. Right. But then, you know, you settle in your heart and go, well, what if, what if that's not God's plan for us? Right. What, what if, what if I can't have that house? What if the way it works out is we don't, we never build that, that retirement house. Is that Okay. 
Right. And, and I think those are the things where you have to look in your heart and say, is it okay if I don't ever get that? Right. I, I, I pretty consistently pray that God will make me into a person who, that is okay without the things, without those things. You know, uh, I've always wanted to live, we talked about, I've always wanted to live in Southern California. Yeah. Right. And it's just really pretty much out of the question. Yeah. It's just no way to do it. And am I going to be okay if I never get to? I need, to, I need for God to make me into a man who is okay if I don't get to, yeah. you know? Yeah. And again, everybody's got a different list, whether it's houses or cars or this, that, or, you know, it's, it's uh, places I want to go or, you know, whatever. Um, I, th- I think so. Anyway, greed is about those, atta- those attachments. And I think it's important to remember, that's why seven deadly sin, because it's a seven deadly, one of the seven deadly sins, because it's, it has to do with those attachments. And yeah. those attachments, in a sense, we, we become shackled to those more than to Christ. Right. Like a false God. It becomes a false God and it limits your options. I think this is the thing, and you and I have talked about this before. Like, I think one of the big things in life, in the Christian life, is to be available. And this is where right. I think, you know, we, we probably need to go to confession. I need to go to confession. Because that thing about time, like to some degree, I don't want to be available. I don't right. want the person to call me to volunteer at the parish thing right. on Saturday, parish pancake breakfast on Saturday, because like, don't, oh, I don't want to give up my Saturday to right. help at the parish pancake breakfast. I right. really, really don't want to do that because right. I have plans on Saturday right. that are about me. Right. And, and, and right. I mean, that doesn't mean I have to volunteer for everything. Right. But you, those are the parts where you start to examine your heart. Right. And you start to examine, am I available if somebody needs me? So maybe the parish pancake breakfast, now nah, I'm going to pass on it this Saturday. But if my friend Ed called me or somebody need me or God told me, right, I felt like the Lord, right. you know, put right. something in front of me and said, this is where you need to go. Am I willing to go? I, I was right. always afraid about this when I was in seminary. You, you know, when we were younger, we first got married because we were always terrified that God would, we would feel a call to go to, you know, I don't know, some distant missionary thing and be missionaries in Bongo Bongo for right. 20 years and live in a hut. And it was like, I don't, I right. don't want to do that. And I remember my wife and I saying in seminary, I guess if God called us to go, what choice would we have? We'd go, but we just really hope that he doesn't. But it has to do with availability, what I'm holding on to and what I'm willing to give to God, which brings me to the antidote, right? So working through this list, we're working through the list of the seven sins where each sin is seen as a disease that in a sense poisons our relationship with Christ. And then to see a corresponding virtue as an antidote to that disease, right? Vaccine or whatever. And the the antidote to this is seen as the virtue of generosity. And this Mm -hmm. is what you and I talked about before we started recording generosity. Um, the word generosity, so the root, gener, right? Where, right? What does that sound like? To generate something? Generate, um, genitive, genesis, yep, generations, yep, yep. right? Has to do with giving new life, bringing forth oh, life. I hadn't thought of that. Right? So genesis, the beginning, generations, ge- um, right? Generating, creating life, giving life. So the thing is, is generosity has to do with giving life, giving birth to something, bringing life to something. And 
generosity. I know, you know, there are people who uh, give a lot of money. Uh, and, and again, you can do right things for the wrong reasons. Maybe you donate money or time um, out of a sense of obligation and you secretly fume about it and resent it. Right. There are people who give and feel resentful. There are people who give and want credit and attention. There right. are people, I've, I've been in ministry and I've known a few, not many, but I've known a few who give and then try to use that as leverage. Sure. I've seen to that. the church. Yep. They'll come and say, hey, you know, we're one of the biggest donors to this right. church. And here's the things that we kind of like, we want our vote to count for more. Right. And you go, but I thought you gave. We did give. And right. we gave it gladly, but we right. do want our vote. Right. We want three votes instead right. of one, right. you know, on every issue. And um, I've had <laughs> years ago, I, mean, I don't know, but I mean, I've had, when I was a pastor, I had parishioners come into my office and sit down and let me know that, that, um, that, that I needed to take their opinion more yeah. seriously than yeah. other people in the church because, uh, you know, right. they, they gave the money and they expect to, to get access and, and yeah. get their way. And so, so you can do the right thing for the wrong reason. And conversely, I think at the other end, generosity isn't always giving big amounts of money, but it is giving your time. It is when that right. friend calls you and go, right, oh, I just, not now, not right. now. I was right. just going to, right? Right. Or it is that person who says, can I share half your sandwich? Right. Or can I have some of your fries? Right. <laughs> or, right. Right. Or whatever that is where you're willing and the idea of generosity, the antidote. So one of the ways that you cure greed, the church says, is by practicing giving life generosity. Mm, yeah. And that's where I give in a way that it brings life. So whether I'm giving time or money or, you know, volunteering my skills to something, right. is that bringing life? Is that creating life? Is that right. right? Because that's where I'm functioning to some degree in an image of God, right? Our creative capacity, right? So what does it mean for us to be in God's image? Part of it is, is that we God is a creator who brings forth life. The first thing right. we see in Genesis, right, is he brings forth life. Yeah. And for us to be in the image of God means that we're right. bringing forth life in right. others and in this world. And when I hold my stuff, right. whether that's my time or my money right. or my skills or opportunities, yep. and I hold that to me because they're for me. And I don't want to let go of them because I don't trust God that if I let go of this, right. that I'll get it back. And I don't want to give it to somebody else because then I won't have it. Rather than seeing what can I do to bring life into this world, in the people around me, in the community around me, uh, right, into the next generation. And that may be me writing a check to the right. church or loaning or giving somebody money, not loaning them, he's giving, or it may mean me going and, you know, canceling my Saturday morning golf right. outing and going to help somebody move, or it may mean, right, right. giving up or, 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 or donating my time or efforts or skills right. to help somebody get their thing started or, or, right. or Ed the Protestant coming on the podcast and giving his right. time to hopefully, you know, benefit other people who are, because we get emails from people who are like, 
I'm right where Ed is. In fact, we got a couple emails just this last week from people who entered the church on Easter Sunday, wow. RCIA, because they're listening to you talk. And they go, these things are, are making, you know, me enter the church. So Ed Jenner is, it's not just the generosity of doing your time. It's generous in the sense that it is generating life and yeah. good things in others. So if my orientation is that I trust God, that the good things came from him, yes, it's, you know, I would like, my wife and I would like to build a comfortable house to retire in, our dream right. house. I hope that we get to. If it's not in God's plan and will, then I need to be okay with that, right? And no, I really do prefer to spend my Saturday morning doing right. something fun. But, you know, if if necessary, and it will bring right. life to somebody, maybe I need to cancel my plans and do that. Right. And if somebody calls me and says, hey, can you help me uh, launch my podcast by giving right. me uh, a little bit of help? And I go, well, that's something that I can do that'll help and benefit them and create new life, right? I mean, these are all things that I can do and, and not to hold on, see myself as a creator and a creator of life in others. And that's where I'm, in a sense, acting out the image of God. Yeah. And family I, trait. I, right. And that family trait and, 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 and why it becomes multiplicative, right? That's right. a word, right? It because is now. It is now. I've coined a word multi multiplicative, but right, that, that what God has given me multiplies in this world and the lives of others mm -hmm. and becomes over time exponentially bigger mm -hmm. and bigger and bigger. I mean, that's the, the lesson Jesus gave us with multiplying the loaves and the fishes. Right. Right. And, and so that's where greed is this disease to the soul. And the antidote is to practice this kind of generousness and this desire to take whatever God has given and, and multiply it yeah. in this world. That is a very, um, uh, that's a thing I need to take to heart. That's a, um, something I got to think about. Yep. And I, I know that as soon as this episode comes out, I'm going to start getting calls from people asking me to give up my Saturday. And right. Stop answering my phone. <laughs> right, right. So let's not give up. Yeah. Don't give out your that's, phone number. That's right. I know God is going to convict me on this one. So right. anyway. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Thank you for listening. My name is Greg Smith. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, would you please hit the like and subscribe buttons wherever you get your podcasts? And please share it with others. And if you're curious about the Catholic worldview and faith, the Church and its Saints, or Catholic history, culture, and art, then visit consideringcatholicism.com. And email me to let me know what you think. Greg at consideringcatholicism.com.